I have one thing to say to you. Kiss my fat ass. Hello, fellow mourners of diet culture. It is I, Emily Lubin. I am the Grim Reaper and the host of this show. Welcome to RIP Diets, Episode 9. I'm so psyched for this episode because we are going to be discussing one of my favorite topics and one of the most complicated topics when uh, discussing intuitive eating, and that is exercise. But first, I want to address something that's very near and dear to my heart. It's been um, heavy on my mind, and it's been heavy on my Instagram feed, and um, some of you have even asked me about it, and um, I'm just going to give my official statement on the Free Britney movement. Uh, I know that I told you guys to weigh in in the private Facebook group, which you can access if you just look up RIP Dieters on Facebook and ask to be added. I will happily add you. It's a safe space where we can feel free to talk about body image, diet culture, moving on from disordered eating, all that good stuff. But the Free Britney movement in the past week or so has gotten so out of control, you guys, I have been receiving messages with conspiracy theories, taking her Instagram photos and like putting together all these commonalities, collages of her wearing chokers and apparently her wearing uh, the choker in every picture is a cry for help. You guys, on a certain level, I wish that the world was that dramatic and dark but it's just not. And in my heart of hearts, do I believe that Britney Spears is being human trafficked? No, I I think it's very, very unlikely. I think more what's happening is that Britney's conservatorship is still in effect. It's been in effect for maybe 11 or 12 years. And legal processes take a long time, especially when one person involved has a mental illness and may not be the most reliable showing up to court dates or maybe has checked into rehab a couple times so they're not sure if she needs a legal guardian or not. So I would just do what we have been doing, what I hope we all collectively have been doing, and leave Britney alone, you guys. I I support the Free Britney movement in the sense that I think the conservatorship has run its course and should be lifted especially because Britney has the capabilities, as far as I can tell, I mean, we never really know, to hire as many people as she wants to help manage her finances. And she also has a long-term boyfriend who is a snack uh, who can help make sure she's staying afloat mentally. But I don't think that she's sending us subliminal messages through her Instagram, uh, crying for help and such. And again, on one level, I I wish that the world was that filled with drama, but it's not. And I think everyone in Britney's life wants her to live a happy and healthy life. And um, maybe there's lack of agreement on what that means moving forward. But, you know, just keep in mind, legal processes take a long time and we don't know what has transpired and where Britney and her family are in this process. So let's give them some room. Let's give Britney... Um, some much needed respect and um, let's lay off a little bit. 
leave Britney alone, okay? But we can still talk about it in the group, of course. Just, uh, you know, stop asking me what I think about it because that's what I think about it. I, don't, I want the conservatorship to be over. I want Britney to live freely and happily and do gymnastics in her yard or out in the world and be free to uh, spend time with her beautiful boys. But I'm not getting myself involved and I'm definitely not dissecting her Instagram um, and counting the number of teacups that she posts to uncover some kind of subliminal message. I just don't think that that is a thing. Moving on to principle number nine of intuitive eating. Exercise. Feel the difference. And in some versions, it's movement. Feel the difference. This is the official definition from intuitiveeating.org. Forget militant exercise. Just get active and feel the difference. Shift your focus to how it feels to move your body rather than calorie burning effect of exercise. If you focus on how you feel from working out, it can make the difference between rolling out of bed for a brisk morning walk or hitting the snooze alarm. This is so true. Um, I have had a journey with exercise, let me tell you. Growing up, I wasn't very active. I didn't really play sports, was never on any teams, except in high school, I did have a brief stint on the volleyball team, and I actually was not bad. But in general, team sports have never really been my thing, and um, I was just never really motivated to exercise especially because I was in a heavier body when I was younger and I often felt very awkward and embarrassed to exercise in front of my peers who were in smaller bodies, whether it be camp activities, sports, or trying out for teams or stuff like that. I just always thought that wasn't for me. So it took me a really long time to actually even warm up to the idea of exercising. And then I definitely had a phase in my young adulthood when I would go for runs, long runs, or I would go to the gym, I would hit the treadmill, and I would just try to sweat as much as possible. And it was kind of a motivator for me to, you know, I can eat this thing if I run three miles, or I ate a big lunch, so I better run three miles. You know what I mean? It, it was always connected to my consumption in some way, which I think is very common. We often connect exercise with food because both are things that contribute partially to what somebody weighs and the type of body that they have. So when we think of weight loss, we think diet and exercise. You have to diet and you have to exercise. And often it can lead to what uh, used to be called exercise bulimia. I don't believe it's called that anymore. I've more often heard exercise addiction being used to describe, you know, that addiction to exercise. But I don't know if I would say I ever had an exercise addiction, but I, I did definitely link my food and my exercise. So if I ate above a certain amount of day, I would feel the need to burn it off somehow. And even in my recovery, uh, some of that was left over. I took a break from exercise after reading Intuitive Eating because I knew that that wasn't supposed to be my focus for the time being until, you know, I got further down in the principles. But I was a 
a little bit addicted to walking, which sounds a little odd probably, but I would need to walk um, 10,000 to 12,000 steps a day and I would record them. And further into my recovery, I realized that my incessant counting and tracking of my steps really was coming from the same place as my incessant tracking and counting of calories and food. So I think if you yourself are struggling with exercise addiction or you think that you have an unhealthy relationship with exercise, it can be very beneficial to take a break. And often that can be a very scary thing to take a break from exercise because you think, oh, I'm going to lose all my muscle tone. I'm going to I'm going to lose progress. I'm going to become a limp noodle. But in the long run, the gym or the track or the bicycle or the rowboat, whatever the fuck, it's always there. And prioritizing your mental health is really important. For me, I had another turning point because when the city started locking down because of coronavirus, all the gyms closed and I could no longer go to the gym. And that was more challenging for me than I even let on. I was trying to make the best of that situation and um, do other forms of exercise because I do enjoy exercise. It does make me feel really good. But I kind of realized entering the queue that I was a little bit addicted to this idea of like going to the gym four times a week and doing certain exercises over others. I was a little bit addicted to the routine of that and the idea that I was keeping my body strong in a very particular way. So I actually think that being inside and being forced to kind of confront that semi-addiction that I had developed even post-recovery was really good for me because it was a moment that I had to look inward and, you know, I know that I consider myself recovered from disordered eating. I know I consider myself recovered from disordered eating and recovered from dieting. But if I'm actually stuck inside and I can't work out, like I couldn't really work out, not the way that I had been, am I really okay? Like it's easy to tell yourself that you're okay when you still have access to unlimited exercise and you're susceptible to whatever behaviors and you don't even realize it. But if you were to really sit with yourself and not exercise for a month, what would happen to you? Would you fall into a state of anxiety? Would you be worried that you would regress? Would you would things come up for you that you hadn't been addressing? So I, I actually think it is really good to take a break occasionally. And we're going to circle back to that today um, in the conversation that I have about the importance of rest and taking breaks and how people often don't acknowledge that. I also wanted to share with you. So like I said, I went through this phase where I was a big runner and I would run on the treadmill a lot. And that's kind of like the only form of exercise that I would really do. It was really about burning as many calories as I could. And I really wanted to step away from that in recovery. So I picked up uh, in the past few years, 
I've actually picked, I've tried many different exercises. Um, I did bar exercises for a while. I did Pilates. I was really focused on doing things where the goal was to strengthen my muscles and not to burn calories. I didn't want the focus to be fat loss or weight loss or burning calories. I really wanted to step away from that so that I could associate exercise with my own general happiness and well-being and not weight loss or achieving a certain body. And then in the past couple years, I started getting into weightlifting. And this is something that really was a game changer for me. The greatest feeling you can get in a gym or the most satisfying feeling you can get in the gym is the pump. Not everything that works for me is going to work for you. I'm going to say that right up top. You can feel free to take my advice or not take my advice. And that applies to anything that I say on here. Just things that were helpful for me might not be helpful for you. And that's okay. But I'm so passionate about this that I just wanted to share it as an alternative because I know that a lot of dietitians and experts say that intuitive eating pairs really well with yoga, for example. And for me, yoga was always a little too slow paced and I was never able to really clear my mind and enjoy yoga to the fullest extent. I do think that yoga definitely has health benefits. And if you enjoy yoga, that's great. But I wanted to offer something for um, maybe the people who have a bit of the ADHD brain and you want to exercise, you want to feel strong, you want to feel good, but yoga isn't for you. And that for me was weightlifting. So I'm going to give you a little bit of weightlifting 101. Okay. And this is very basic. Also, this is if you have access to a gym, which I still currently don't. And I have not been lifting for the entirety of quarantine. But if you have access to a gym and you want to try out weightlifting, but you don't really know where to start, consider this like a weightlifting 101 course. The first thing to keep in mind is that you want to separate the upper body and the lower body for different days of the week. So if you are going into the gym and you want to lift some weights and you want to work your lower body, just leave the upper body for a different day. Uh, Focus on the lower body for 45 minutes, an hour, however long you want to be there. And that way, the next time you go in, if your your lower body is uncomfortable or sore, you can exercise your upper body to the fullest extent and you don't need to worry about working your muscles when they're really sore because we all know that fucking blows. So you separate your upper body and lower body and um, for each exercise, and I'm going to name some basic exercises that you can do. You do 8 to 12 reps, so 8 to 12 repetitions of each exercise. Then once you do 8 to 12, I usually do, um, depending on the the load, um, I do 8 to 10. You take one and a half minutes rest, and then you repeat the same exercise three times with one and a half minutes rest in between. And I will add that you should be lifting enough that you really cherish that rest. You should be working your muscles to the point of exhaustion and lifting as much as you can possibly lift. 
so that when it's time for that rest, you really need that rest. And then when it's time to do your second set, you will feel rested enough to handle it. Now, another thing to note, the 8 to 12 reps that I mentioned, the higher range of that is more um, for toning and the lower range is more for bulking and strength. So when I said that I do more of like a lower range, 8 to 10, it's because I'm interested in really strengthening my muscles. Um, But I know that a lot of women are not that interested in that. I will say that as women, no matter how much you work out, you're never going to get as big as uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Can you believe how much I am in heaven? I'm like uh, getting the feeling of coming in the gym. I'm getting the feeling of coming at home. I'm getting the feeling of coming backstage when I pump up, when I pose out in front of 5,000 people. I get the same feeling. So I'm coming day and night. I mean, it's terrific, right? Or fucking Tom Hardy. You're just not. So you shouldn't worry about that. I mean, you shouldn't worry about that anyway. Athletic bodies are very beautiful. And I personally welcome my muscles bulking up because I love that look. I love that aesthetic. But to each her own, you know? So then after you do a set, you take two to three minutes rest before switching to a new exercise. So just to break that down, 8 to 12 reps, one and a half minutes rest. 8 to 12 reps, one and a half minute rest. 8 to 12 reps, two to three minutes rest, and then you switch to a different exercise. And I would probably limit yourself to about four or five exercises. That's usually enough for me. Some exercises that you can do for legs would be um, squats with dumbbells, Um, I usually do like 20 to 30 pounds. You could also do a kettlebell. Walking lunges with dumbbells or a kettlebell. The leg press, which is the machine where you push your legs out, um, that works your entire leg muscle and butt muscle. The hip abduction and hip adduction, which is the uh, butterfly machine where you spread your legs very sexily and contract them back in. So those are all solid leg exercises. And again, these are very basic. Um, For arms, you could do overhead presses. You could do pull-ups or assisted pull-ups. You could do arm curls. And all of these machines exist at the gym tricep extensions, um, rows either on a rowing machine or with free weights. You can do your own research online about the correct way to use these machines or they usually have a diagram that tells you specifically what to do and what not to do. I pay attention to those. I find that many times people don't pay attention to those and they really should be. And yeah, I would also say you can do supplemental things if you like, if you enjoy running, if you enjoy jogging or going on the Stairmaster or whatever, if you enjoy that feeling of getting your blood pumping and getting your heart rate up, that's fine. We just don't want the emphasis to be on burning calories, on weight loss. And I think If you're really looking inward, you can tell yourself what the intention is. And yeah, I consider this type of workout to be a meditative experience because while you're doing it, you really have to focus so much on the exercise that you can't really think of much else. And 
it can be really beneficial to have your focus be on one thing for an hour. And then when you leave, then you can go back to your day. Then you can go back to um, whatever thoughts were in your head before the workout. But during the workout, we are focused on the workout. And I think that can be very beneficial. Another form of exercise that can be very fun and uh, a little less damaging would be going for walks going on nature walks or if you live in a city take a walk to a new place or a new neighborhood that you've been wanting to explore even today I was inside the entire day until five o'clock p.m. um, because I was doing work and it's also brutal outside it is hot as balls so I was inside and then Around five o'clock, I started to get really anxious, not in an abnormal way. I just, I am prone to anxiety. And when I am sitting in the same room all day, it just can trigger that anxiety. So I went and I took a walk. I walked to the grocery store to pick up an iced tea. And lo and behold, iced tea was on sale Three 64 fluid ounce bottles of iced tea for $5. So now my fridge is full of iced tea and I feel refreshed and rejuvenated and I felt good enough to record this podcast. So there you go. I think walking is great for your mental health and it's something that doesn't need to be connected at all to weight loss. Also, biking. Biking can be really fun. I got a bike in quarantine actually and I don't ride it every day. But if I'm going somewhere and I would normally take the subway or public transportation and if it takes under 20 minutes to bike there, I will bike there. And that way I'm getting to where I need to go and I don't really think of it as exercise, but it makes me feel great to ride my bike and it feels like, it kind of feels like when I used to ride my bike around the neighborhood when I was a kid and that's what we're trying to achieve with exercise. It's joyful movement. What type of movement makes you happy? What makes you feel good physically and makes you feel like ready to conquer the day? So those are what I would recommend if you're looking for ways to enjoy exercise but You don't want to go on runs. You don't want to go to exercise classes where everybody's in their cute little outfits and you can tell that we're all just hating life. You know, I I do think classes can be fun, by the way. It's just that I think a lot of the time when you go to these classes, the instructors are like, all right, ladies, you need to burn off as much as you can so you can have a glass of wine later. Like, that's just not what I stand for at all. We don't want to connect food and exercise together. We just don't. Now, I am going to read a gorgeous review that I received over the weekend. I want to encourage you guys, keep writing reviews for the podcast. You can find RIP Diets on Apple Podcasts, and then there is a little box that says write a review. They truly do help out the show. Um, And this one came from... Sarah J. Carter. The title is Real, Raw, and Uncensored. Are you struggling with diet culture? Do you sit at work all day restricting what you eat and counting calories and then come home and eat an entire family-sized bag of Cheetos, half a frozen pizza, two popsicles, and an entire roll of Thin Mints? Are you feeling miserable and hungry all the time and can't seem to get comfortable in your own skin? Well, this podcast is for you. 
Emily takes this platform to discuss intuitive eating on a down-to-earth level. This podcast is real, raw, and uncensored. Her guests so far have all been great and people of all sizes, shapes, and colors. Emily is an absolute delight, and even though she's seriously struggled, she manages to find the humor in everything. This past week, I've noticed that I've been trying to listen to my body and my binging habits have gone way down. I've abused my body quite a bit in my 27 years, and I think it's time I put diet culture down and try to do this the right way. Thank you, Emily. Oh, thank you so much for that review. Please, you guys, keep writing reviews. I love reading them. Nothing brings me more joy. And continue to slide into my DMs. I am Lubination, L-U-B-I-N-A-T-I-O-N on Instagram. Give me a follow. Slide into my DMs. Let me know what you think about the show and what you would like me to cover that I have not covered. And now we are going to have a conversation with a friend of mine who is a comedian. She is also a personal trainer. She's an absolute beast. Her name is Mara Merrick. She is the host of the Happy Never After podcast, which is all about failed relationships broken marriages, divorce, something that she's had a lot of experience with because she has been married three times and engaged seven times, which is just bananas. But she is so entertaining and just such a good follow. You can follow her at Mara Merrick on Instagram. And we are talking today about how to approach exercise and specifically how she trains people from a perspective of body confidence rather than changing your body and that is not to say that she never trains people in a way that will help them lose weight I think as a personal trainer it can be very difficult when people come to you and all they want to do is lose weight especially from somebody like Mara who has an athletic background and really values being strong and working your muscles. So when people come to her and just all they want to do is lose weight, I think she sees it as a challenge in a way to have them learn to value being strong and being able to do incredible things with their bodies that they never thought they could do before. And I just thought that was very interesting. Um, And I love getting the perspective of somebody who works in the fitness industry, which I have said before, I think is very problematic. Certain fitness influencers, I just cannot handle. And I think they're spreading a lot of propaganda about fitness and about health in general. But Mara, I think, does a wonderful job in inspiring her clients to really foster that body confidence and just general self-confidence. I think you guys are really going to enjoy this conversation. So without further ado, Mara Merrick, everybody. Guys, I'm so excited for today's conversation. My guest today is a comedian in New York City, and she's also a personal trainer. She has the endurance of an Alaskan husky. She wakes up at 5 o'clock in the morning, personal trains people, and then she's up until 2 in the morning doing comedy. She is a true inspiration. Everybody, Mara Merrick, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. Of course. I'm so excited to have you because... I have low-key been wanting to talk about exercise on this show for since the beginning because 
I love exercise. Exercise is one of the things that has really like kept my mental health in check, especially in the time of Corona and just in my life in general. I I find that exercise can be such an amazing thing. But I know that a lot of people have such a complicated relationship with exercise, especially if it's coming from like a diet mentality where they think they need to burn off everything they eat. And I don't want to be triggering for people. So I thought, what better way to address exercise than to have somebody who is out there personal training in what from what I can tell from the outside, a very healthy, inclusive way. So that's why I wanted to have you on. Oh, thank you. You're yes, welcome. I do. My uh, premise of my training is always just to be in a balanced, healthy state. Not too much, not too little. Your diet is also incorporated. And I don't say diet as in something restrictive. I just mean what you consume. Uh, and I, I never suggest being radical in any way. Um, so unless you're trying to like train for something specific, then we get down and dirty. But other than that, it's just a have a good healthy lifestyle enjoy it yeah yeah that's so nice I've I've heard you talk before about you know growing up in a more athletic body and not always being so comfortable with it what at what point did you get into athletics and sports I know you're a biker like at what point did you really get into that and get more comfortable with your athleticism uh well I remember in fifth grade we were playing um field hockey and I hit I could hit the the puck all the way down from the one end all the way into the net on the other and the and my team would call me Shira and I hated it <laughs> and <laughs> I was like I never want to be that and yeah. my sister was long and lean my mom was 5'8 um and my dad was 5'8 but now he's 5'3 and uh and my, <laughs> Didn't and my dad milk. Like, <laughs> He uh he got he's like stockies. It's like a little stocky guy and my mom my like, dad's short too. I'm I'm taller. My dad's like 5'5", five five, but your dad's 5'5", five five, that's so cute. Yeah. <laughs> so adorable. I love little dads. I won't date short, but I will I do love my little dad. <laughs> yeah, even the women who have short dads are like, yeah, I still wouldn't date someone shorter than me. <laughs> I know they're good people, but it's never going to happen. Good people. Yeah. Um, I'll hug you. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> then I got into, I uh, I would ride my bike everywhere because my mom would, like, you couldn't go in the house. That wasn't a thing that you could do. So I was like, I'll just ride my bike everywhere. And I loved it. It gave me freedom. And um, it also got me on a team. So I, uh, I, went, to, I went to college for economics I started working at Toyota Financial I was working in an office for about four minutes and I was like this ain't for me and yeah uh, (laughs) yeah. and then tried out for a cycling team made it and then they I only was paid about 11 grand a year for that and I was living in San Diego yeah and you don't that's not enough to live in San Diego so I started training and uh I loved it and then I got injured and just and I guess uh, I was like I guess I'm just training now so I got hit by a car on my bike and shattered my hips yes I knew about this so how long did it take you to recover from that about six and a half months uh I was out of capacity and then another three four before I was back up and walking wow so So 
during that time, were you going crazy not being able to get on a bike? Well, the first part, they give you drugs. So that really helps um, any sort of motivation. <laughs> Always. <laughs> and then um, and then afterward, you just have to do a lot of like mental talks where it's like, it's going to be fine. We just need to heal. As long as you have an expectation, then it it helps. Like if you set something up, if you have clear communication with your doctor also and you have a positive, optimistic doctor, it will help you um, right. with that. Yeah, because you're like, okay, but how much longer approximately? What have others gone through? You know, give me the averages yeah. here. Yeah, yeah. Give me the highs I, you and need lows. to do a lot of positive self-talk, I imagine, with any big injury because honestly, even like – even when I have something as small as like a muscle spasm, I need to tell myself it's going to be okay. This too shall pass. <laughs> so it must be the same with anything. It just takes more uh, mental strength. Yeah, it really does. Yeah, yeah. you just like any injury, any injury, you just have to give it time. And we're, I know we're a, a culture of push through it, but you yeah. just need to slow down. And I think the coronavirus is teaching everybody that they have to it's like a huge yeah. lesson on everything yeah it's actually like the one silver lining is that people are able to slow down and focus on the things that they that are actually Should important. be doing yes yeah. yeah yeah totally so you you eventually get back on the bike and then um how long until you started personal training so that happened and then I got hit and then um I wasn't I wasn't personal training. I wasn't doing anything for a little bit. And then I was working again. I was personal training again. And then I met my first husband who I trained for the Olympics and triathlons. And, um, and then I started training mostly endurance athletes and it was, I, fitness was never about being skinny or being like doing, having, it was mostly about rehab, feeling good. You know, mm -hmm. not having a hip injury, not helping people. Like I had a federal judge that his only goal was to be able to stand up out of his tub by himself and um, because he sits behind uh, the gavel all day. So, um, but it was mostly about moving and having a good time and teamwork. And uh, so it was, I never had the focus of weight loss personally because yeah. form, yeah, because form follows function. So if, as long as you're doing all the function, your body will then follow. And um, did you ever have people, or currently, do you ever have people come to you with the specific goal for weight loss? 100%. Yeah. It, that's 80% of everyone's business. I'm sorry? That's 80% of every personal trainer's business. Yeah, yeah. So my question is, like, do you ever have people come to you and say, like, I want to lose 20 pounds or I want to lose like X amount of pounds and you're thinking to yourself like well this person doesn't even like really need to lose that much weight 100%. what do you do in that circumstance where you're like oh well as a fitness trainer like I, I know that this person is a little out of their gourd but I can't <laughs> yeah. say that to them because they're paying me well um I've been doing this for 16 years and uh so I'm in a di little different position where I won't take that on Oh, really? I will have them, I will go through a little mental check with them. I'm like, do you know that that is not some, you will lose your period. You will be destructive to your organs at that point. Um, I did have a client that wanted to lose that much um, and she ended up losing, she wanted to lose 30 pounds and she, 
She was five foot eight. I love her to death. She's uh, five foot eight, and she weighed about one seventeen. Oh my goodness! Yeah, and she went to lose twenty pounds, and I was like, no. <laughs> Well, because you can't responsibly do that at that point. I mean, that's no. very extreme. Yes. Yeah. So then in that case, did you have to turn her away? I said I wouldn't do it. And I said, we'll just, we'll do small goals along the way. And then you can see how you feel and how you look. And she was, and eventually she loved being stronger than like she could do handstands and she could do handstand walking and she could like all these fun, cool things. And that turned her around yeah well fortunately in today's day and age it's getting to be a little more fashionable and a little more accepted to be more athletic and more strong but like back Mm -hmm. in the 90s and I've talked about this on, on this show before back in the 90s I mean there really wasn't any representation for other body types other than like the quote heroin chic like size of your pinky finger type of body so I, I mean, it must have been much worse back then. I imagine you still get a lot of people who want that very ultra skinny look now. Mm-hmm. But what was it like for you growing up um, being athletic? Like, did you compare yourself to other people? And how did you like find that sense of self-acceptance? A thousand percent. Yeah. I mean, even like look at Carly Simon in video. She is. Have you seen her? She wears really big sweaters and she's got that tiny belt. And I'm, and I watched it the other day again. And I was like, she weighed 90 pounds and she's six foot tall. She's she was so that's so unhealthy. Yeah, like it's a crazy. Tiny. Also, Fiona Apple. I always think of Fiona Apple. Oh, my God. Uh, yes. Who was like such a little string bean. There's no way. I mean, I don't I know that there are some people who are naturally skinny, but I think the pressure, especially back then to have a certain body type, especially if you were in the entertainment industry, I, there's it's I, I just can't I shudder at the thought of like what people felt like they had to do to stay like that. I trained a couple of uh, actresses recently and it's still pretty intense. Yeah, I'm like, I'm not your trainer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's great. I so won't do you it. you would say that your emphasis is more on um strength training and things like that. My emphasis is on healthy lifestyle choices. Mm-hmm. Yes, my emphasis is on um honestly, I I train more for self-confidence and setting boundaries and safety and just creating uh an aura of I'm a badass. Uh I have I only train women now cuz men are always 100% inappropriate as uh with your trainer towards you 100% 100% really how so um well of course I've married most of my clients um (laughs) (laughs) for context uh to the listeners Mara has been married three times three times Uh, tell me if I and and engaged seven times seven yes yeah yeah (laughs) very proud of myself that that I got that correct (laughs) thank you um so yes now I won't I'm like Let's not train any more men because I've seen a lot of dick pics. No, Um, but I will. I I have compared myself to I also. So I was training and then I would also bartend and I would bartend at these very high end clubs, i.e. Dream Hotel, PhD, 
um, Excess in Vegas, Hard Rock in San Diego. Like okay, so all w- those hotels with the rooftops and the yes. uh, like pastel lights, and you wear a swimsuit to bartend. Mm-hmm. And every other one, my best friend and I train were trainers, and we also worked there. And her and I were the only ones with like visible muscle. And uh, men would, it would be tough because men would come up to you and they would go, man, you're jacked. And you're like, that's not, <laughs> shut up. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's kind of um, like when, when guys come up to you and they're just like, you're tall. <laughs> and you're like, okay, yeah. And thank, thank you. It, it's uh, so funny. Yeah. There are certain things that people just feel very, very entitled to like point out about your appearance. You're like, yeah, I, I have a mirror. I know. <laughs> Uh, and then I just, there was one day where I decided that I wanted to look a certain way. Then I was just happy with it. Like I want to look fit and athletic, but I want to look like a woman. And, um, so I wasn't killing myself to have a 12 pack abs anymore. Or I was like, I just want to have a nice waist. I want to have curves. I want to enjoy the food that I am eating and not feel guilty about it because after I got out of cycling, because they make you be a certain weight, uh, I didn't know what to eat. I didn't know what to do. Um, and I was just sitting down. So I, uh, did starve myself. I did go a little anorexic for a while. Um, and then that became a control issue and I had a good five years of dealing with that. And, um, now I don't think about it at all. I eat, I'm, I am plant-based, so I only eat plant-based food I don't eat any processed food but and is that is that like a a humane decision or is it for your health it's humane um I don't want to exploit anything so no exploiting animals no exploiting anything so uh that is why I go plant-based so you say plant-based not vegan I say plant-based not I not vegan because I don't do any processed vegan food okay fair enough do you um do you have any kind of nutrition training or is it just fitness that you focus on like do you have to give clients nutrition advice I don't I do have some certs in it but I'm not registered and so I don't give advice um I will I won't take clients that are on extreme diets I make them uh go to therapy (laughs) I'm like I it's true I'm like I think you should seek out therapy instead um because it's I there's so training clients do come with a base level of uh, amateur therapy, so you're, yeah, you're, I could yeah, I could imagine that. <laughs> so you also you be, you seem to become close friends with a lot of your clients as well. I am I'm living in one of my clients' homes right now. It's <laughs> so nice. How does so, how does it happen? I mean, you're a very personable person, so I guess it probably just happens naturally that you get close to them. Well, it's such an it's such an intimate relationship and you are encouraging them to hit one of their goals, one of their dreams, you know, and you're you have physical touch and um, it's a lot of nurturing and care. Like I stretch them out and I'm actually I have a lot of touch on them so that we're exchanging, you know, vibration there and and I care about them. And I also they know that I do because I will yell at them like they're my children. I'll be like, no, you didn't do any of the homework that I gave you. And therefore, we won't be training this week until it's done. There you go. There's consequences. And oh, so what a hard ass. I am really hard. Tough love, baby. I could. Yeah. That, I mean, 
You got to be like that though, because it's not healthy to, if you're, if you're not like practicing, I assume. Yeah. What yes. kind of homework, like is the homework that you would assign a client? Is it like do X amount of exercises per day or per week? Like what does it well, look like? Most, okay. So we're in New York. So most people are, and most people everywhere, um, we're in a linear world. We walk straight forward. You know, we sit down, so we're in this, like, very linear space where we have a lot of flexion in our hips, which makes us very uh, out of balance. So we've got low back pain, people with a lot of low back pain. And I'm not going to be able to fix it in one hour. So then I'll send them home with a hip circle or I'll send them home with a band and I'll – or they can just do regular – what I call a cheerleader exercise. They just need to do some corrective lunges and corrective exercises – 15 minutes a day, not a big deal, just a little bit of movement. So then the next time that we train, they have more movement around a joint. You know, there's not, Mm -hmm. they need to have progress. This is a team. If they have a goal, I know how to get there. We're going to set it up. They have to execute those movements. So in order to, I can write the programs all day long. Unless they do them, it's not going to work. So. Got it. What would you recommend to somebody who maybe used to be a compulsive exerciser or like does it has never had a good relationship with exercise, but wants to avoid, you know, problems when they're older, wants to keep their uh, muscles strong, wants to have a, a strong back, not be out of alignment with their spine, like all of that stuff. What would you recommend to somebody to like maintain a healthy, um, relationship with exercise? So I'm going to generalize um, based on my experience. So my small control group, most people that are uh, exercise bulimics are really heavy into high intensity training, a lot of plyometrics. Mm -hmm. And so you switch it up and just fucking exhaust them. Can I swear? I'm sorry. Um, Oh, of course. Yeah. No, totally. (laughs) I was like, oh, whoops. Uh, With powerlifting. So... Um, you change their complete program all the way over to just real heavy lifting and just crush them. And so they're tired and sore. And can't move. Yes. So I'm like, now here's the importance of rest. And then they learn it (laughs) in a very physical way. That is very, very smart. Um, (laughs) And also, I haven't recorded the episode yet, but I'm about to record the episode that this is going along with and it's all about exercise and I have heard a lot of people say you know if you want to move your body but you don't want to have like this vicious cycle really bad relationship with exercise try yoga try pilates like I've heard people say a lot of that Mm -hmm. and for me like that never worked for me because to me that doesn't it, it's just not stimulating enough for me, especially like with the ADHD and everything. Like you just, you need something more like that maintains your focus a little bit more. Yeah. So I often recommend to, that people get into lifting because I think it's like a very meditative experience and you get, mm-hmm. you can focus on goals, but the goals are not unhealthy and the goals are not um, to, you know, achieve this body that you wouldn't naturally have. It's just to really be stronger and to be able to see your progress. So it's so interesting that you say that that's exactly what you would do for somebody who's had exercise bulimia or exercise addiction. Well, also, if you think about, so say, we'll take a deadlift for an example. Um, say a trap bar deadlift, right? 
you you I always do a um I'm like you have to reach down I tell them I'm like flop over grab the handles and then you're going to drop your ass and then you're going to look up and you make dead eye contact with yourself in the mirror so you're forced to look at yourself and you and there's a lot to think about and so it gets you out of your head also so you have to keep your knees out you have to grab with your toes you have to like press up squeeze your glutes the whole thing and not lift up your upper traps so there's so much to think about and you're watching you're like making eye contact with yourself and your chin is up so right there gives you the sensation of self-confidence which will yeah. break that pattern of i hate myself so i need to do 10,000 box jumps you know so Box jumps, they, pe- most people don't even follow through with the whole movement. They're just like going through it because they can't stand being alone with themselves. So, uh, yeah. I yeah. think it's, yeah. That's why I train a lot of my like first year attorneys. I get a lot of those uh, female first year attorneys. And I'm like, listen, we're going to train like a hard ass. And that way, when you go in, you're going to be able to set boundaries with your boss and they're not going to be able to take advantage of you and make you work 16 hours a day, seven days a week. All right. Oh my God. Yes. A moment uh, like pour one out for the first year attorneys. They get worked to the bone. To the bone. Yeah. It's really insane. Like it's so hard. You just need to get through. I guess it's the same as like it's kind of the same as like fraternity culture. They just they haze you the first year and then they basically like weed out the weak ones that way. Yeah. But my one first year attorney, she shares she shares an office with another first year attorney man and he just stands up and swings a golf club all day he leaves at 5 30 because he has a family and she's staying there and she gets emails until 10 30 at night and i'm like all right here we're gonna we are gonna fix this the other way we're gonna Ugh. gut it out of you <laughs> yeah how uh, oftentimes i would think those people wouldn't even be able to find the time to work out what do you tell people who are like oh i really don't have the time to work out um, most people that come to me are pretty desperate for help. Okay. Um, and then they can feel the benefit pretty immediately. Um, it's the ones that I, that I used to get from gyms that like if I worked at a corporate gym that would get f- like a package of free training from the beginning. Mm-hmm. So uh, I was like, they're not going to last. They're, they're the ones that I, and I would say, like I had this one woman who would just like fix her lipstick all the time in the mirror and she had a very cute outfit on and um, she wasn't paying attention and she wouldn't, I would tell her to do an exercise and she would tell me a story for a half an hour and I was like, I go, I'm going to find you a new trainer. This is not <laughs> wow, going to yeah, work. That, <laughs> that's, those free personal training sessions at the gym must be really annoying for the trainers who work at the gym. Yes. For the new trainers, they love them. For people that are old and tired like me, I'm like, I will not do this. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, come. Even if your goal is small, I don't care as long as you work hard for it. Right. Whatever it is. As long as you show up and do the work, I'm happy. Um, I have kind of a a, like unrelated question. So you are one of my favorite people on Instagram just because of the amount of thirst traps that you post. I love it. I'm here for it all day, every day. Um, And I'm wondering, do you, I'm sure you get like creepy feedback from men like left and right. I'm sure you do. But do you ever get people 
uh, just to be clear, I do not think this. I think like I think you have the sickest body ever. But I'm just curious. Okay. Do you ever get people who say like, "Oh, you're a personal trainer"? Like I wouldn't think you were a personal trainer, based like based on the way you look or anything, any kind of like body shaming. Um, I don't get body shaming, but I also have a I have a very strong vibe. Like, yes, I don't, you do. Yeah, I don't. Um, no one fucks with me. <laughs> I, I don't would never I, I would I, never fuck <laughs> with you personally. And that's what I like to train in my into my clients is that vibe. Um I know that it sounds really strange but I I do I do know my value. I do know my worth. I mean I am old now and um it took me a while to get here. I was very insecure when I was in my 20s and I think that's why I got married and engaged so many times, but Yeah. Um <laughs> now that I'm out of that cycle, I I'm like, dude, I'm badass. Like, what? Yeah. Yeah. Why would you ever come to me? You know, I could kill you and your mom. So let's like chill. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. So no, I wouldn't. I haven't ever hurt anybody. But uh, y- nobody says anything like to me like that. Yeah. I do get a lot of clients off Instagram. You get requests. a lot of clients off Instagram? Client requests. Client requests. I, I, I could see that because uh, I, that's probably like the most effective business model to, <laughs> to post like ass pics and thirst traps because people not only because people are like, oh, well, she's athletic and like she looks fantastic, but also she's fucking cool. Like I'm going to have a good time with her. <laughs> yeah, we do. I do have a gr- good time with all my clients. I really do hang out with all of my clients. The only thing that clients do say often female clients is they say I just don't want arms like yours because I have really muscular arms and I just want to say this these are these are genetic um this is I'm only going to be able to unless I take steroids or human growth hormone I'm not going to be able to grow muscles like this if my baseline of muscles is long and lean I have short stocky muscles like my father so if someone comes up to me they're like I want to I want your legs and I want that, but I don't want your arms. I'm like, okay, I'm not offended because it's been, everybody says this, but you're not going to get my body because you're going to, we're just going to work with yours. And that's what I I think is so hard for people to understand because people want to believe that they have control and they could change their body if they wanted to, and they could make it look however they wanted to. But a lot of it truly does come down to genetics. Like you can obviously yeah. modify your body. You can make it stronger and you can make cert- work certain muscles more and make them yeah. stronger, but you cannot change your composition. You cannot become a pear shaped person, for example, if you are an apple shaped person yes. or you can't. And you know, people would, people would say that to me a lot too, because I have broad shoulders. They would say, you know, Oh, are you a swimmer and stuff like that? And I would say, no, that's just the way I am. I just have big shoulders and big traps. But you're so long traps. and you're lean. You have limbs. You're all limbs. Yeah, I I am. I am very long. <laughs> but and that's another thing. Like you cannot duplicate. My body is not going to look like a little petite. It's just not because. But you have a sur- supermodel uh, physique. Not at all. <laughs> not at all. Thank you, but not at all. But. I know what you say. I know what you're saying. I'm just saying that you can't like you can't spot reduce and you can't change nope. the way that you are naturally nope. or you can, but only to a certain extent. And I think that's like really hard for people to wrap their minds around. Yeah, there are there are small things like um, a lot of people don't know that 
I change people. I can change people's gait. So how your feet stand and uh, you are supposed to create your own arch, which does affect how your muscles correlate all the way up through the leg. And I can build your ass that way. So if, if someone's like, oh, I do want a bigger ass, I can build it as much as your ass will allow. Um, that's what everybody wants now, right? Is a big, that's ass. what everyone wants right now. Yeah. So yes, I can do as much as I can, but I'm not going to be able to get you Kim Kardashian because she also went to science. So like yeah. you have to- <laughs> yeah, that I, t- I also talked about that in another episode. Like it's so ridiculous how, um, I read like this, um, quote from Kris Jenner who was like uh, something about her daughters have done so much to make other women feel great about their bodies <laughs> and no. I was just like I, I, in what universe do you think that people are being positively affected by seeing bodies that are not real poor Chloe has been killing herself to look good to her version of looking good whatever she deems worthy enough to look good. And she's real, like she's been in a personal struggle with her aesthetics in front of all of our eyes I know. for years. So I know. And, and that's another, like, that's kind of another example of like, you know, she's taller than the other girls and she mm-hmm. has a different body type. She's, I, I personally think she's always looked great. I don't think she should be so like judging herself so harshly, but it must be very hard when all these eyes are on you and they're comparing you to other people that have different body types than you do. Yes. And have had different surgeries. than Yeah. You. And different and- surgeries. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. The little one, the one that the billionaire one, she stopped doing um, filler during COVID and she looks like her old self again. And I was like, she looks great. <laughs> yeah, I guess it wasn't just the lip kits. <laughs> <laughs> but also, if you want to do that, I honestly don't care either. No, and I always say that, like, if you want to modify your face or your body, like it's your body, you can do whatever yeah, you want. I just get upset when I when just thinking that people are seeing that and thinking that it's attainable naturally when it's not and feeling bad about themselves because it's not real. And that's how I feel about it. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. I do a lot of things so that my, I don't want my face to get old. So I, um, I bought an infrared panel. I have a very expensive infrared panel that I use every day. I have stem cell, from plants that what, mask what's that I the put infrared on. panel is it like a helmet oh no it's a you can get the helmet but I have a clinical grade one it's by juve juve uh, j-o-o-v-v um not sponsored I wish um and it has uh you can do red light which is great for your sight also and depression and uh uv not UV, uh, infrared, and the infrared attacks the uh, mitochondria, so it goes into the cellular level, and it helps with inflammation. It takes away inflammation. It uh, regenerates collagen. Um, you can do up to 20-minute cycles on any body part. So if even if I have a stomach ache, like if I'm having a distended stomach from um, if I have like what are those hummus, the garbanzo beans, I mm-hmm. don't 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 agree with me. So they don't I have any, a lot of people actually. They're so they're so hard to eat. So good. They're so yummy. And so I always just put the panel right in front of my guts and I let it sit there and it completely deflates everything down. It's crazy. Whoa. Uh, that's yeah. cool. Science. I let my Who clients knew? use it. Yeah. 
So that's part of science. That's expense. It's an expensive part of science and beauty, but I invested in it because it's important. I don't own anything else but this infrared panel. <laughs> yeah, and unfortunately, because um, you're a comedian also, unfortunately, and comedy is a little bit different, but it's still, you know, the entertainment industry. It kind of, there is this emphasis on looking youthful and that, that can be, yeah, I'm sure that can be like. And really I was torturous. already vain as fuck, you know, like I was. Yeah. <laughs> Even without the being, yeah, an no comedy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh wow. Well, you look fabulous. Thank, thank you, you so much for coming on the show. Oh my gosh, I hope I answered something. Yes, thank you for no, having you me. An- you answered so much, and I, I truly believe like there is a way for everybody to have a healthy relationship with exercise that is not weight loss focused. I think that the biggest thing is if you think that you have an unhealthy attitude toward exercise you Mm -hmm. can always take a break like the gym is always going to be there you can always go back sometimes you need that like time in between to just reset and really think about like what your actual goals are and then when you find yourself getting antsy and you think I'm ready for exercise I'm ready to get back in the gym it's always going to be there you we have our our certification teaches us to go put people on six week rest cycles Six oh, really? weeks. Yes. Six weeks is how much time it typically takes if you follow all the program for you to like reset. So that's so interesting because um six weeks, like I remember I used to be in a place in a really bad place when I six weeks, I would think that I would lose all my muscle tone. Well, it does only take three days for your muscles to start atrophying, but there's a lot of muscle memory. So yeah. Got it. I'm glad that this worked out because I was like, I really thought the premise of the show was something that I was not going to agree with. And I was like, oh, no, I hope this is gonna, I hope she's not going to be mad at me. <laughs> no, I'm not like I'm not like militant or I don't think that like people shouldn't have regard for their health. And like I said, like I'm very into exercise, like it makes me feel like a superhero to be mm-hmm. active. And I, I've always been very active. But I've been hesitant to say that on the show just because I don't want people to think that I'm okay with the idea that you should just be trying to like burn off every single thing you eat. And I know that a lot of people do feel that way or relate to exercise that way. And I don't agree with that. And I'm, I'm like so happy to hear that you don't agree with that either, that your emphasis is more on overall health and feeling good. Yes. Mine is all about self-confidence. Yeah. And getting those, those hot nudes. (laughs) some hot nudes yes and for (laughs) hot nudes where can people follow you on social media at uh, Mara Merrick M-A-R-A-M-A-R-E-K all right I hope you liked that conversation with Mara Merrick I was very um taken aback at the end when she said that she didn't think she was going to agree with me before coming on this podcast but we actually ended up seeing eye to eye on a lot of things I think that when you say you're anti-dieting a lot of people hear that and they're like, oh, okay, well, th- that means that you're against people being healthy. But once they talk to me and they they hear like that all of my opinions come from a very logical place and a place of just really valuing health over aesthetics, um, I think that they realize that it's not so crazy. And yeah, I think we actually did see, see eye to eye on a lot of things, even more than I even thought we would. I love what she said about 
exercise being a vehicle for self-confidence. I think it's absolutely true. I've definitely had that experience myself. Give Mara a follow on Instagram. I will put her information in the show notes. Listen to her podcast, Happy Never After. She's wildly entertaining. Um, This was a very specific topic that we were talking about, but she is so funny and um, I think you'll love her. So give her a follow. And guys, continue sliding into my DMs. One more time, it's Lubination, L-U-B-I-N-A-T-I-O-N. Let me know what you think of the show. Make this podcast your Instagram story. Just take a screenshot, make it your story, tag me. You could make it a post if you're feeling committed. Yeah, I, I just, I could use all the support I can get because I'm still trying to get this off the ground. I still want to spread the word. I need more people to listen to this podcast. It is a passion project for me, but it's something that I want to continue doing. And the only way that's going to happen is if more people learn about it. So I need your guys' help. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful week. (laughs) 